We're here again to overanalyze a question. No, I'm only joking. We're here for another meandering conversation on the People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate every single person who comes on this podcast and listens to us. And especially you there sat in the corner uh, who should be doing some work. Exactly. You're on form. You're on form, William. Oh, oh, I, I, yeah, well, the, I have to get there eventually, don't I? My name is William Manclo. I am one of the co-hosts of this podcast. I am a photographer mm. and I do a live show every week. I've done talks. I've done workshops. I've been a musician in the past and I once owned a miniskirt. That's another question and another thing to, to look at. Look at. In fact, you can find out all about that at patreon.com forward slash the people's countryside, can't they, Stuart? I'm the co-host alongside William. I'm Stuart the Wild Man, Mabbit. And, uh, you know, I've done all sorts of things out in nature, getting people out into nature, making it part of daily life. I always say that, but it's always true. No scripts, William. This is totally unscripted. Totally unscripted. Totally. Um, Apart from this part, which was completely scripted, as you can tell, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we're not scientists. We're two men in our 40s. And uh, we, we generally use a meandering style conversation. We hope through this podcast you start to appreciate the nature around you and on your doorstep. Uh, and uh, we, we like to keep the big issues in people's consciousness in the hope that they'll want to start to protect the climate, the ecology around them, the environment, William. We have been recording a lot, a lot of these episodes inside. Um, uh, it was Jesper in Denmark who set us a question a couple of, de- a couple of episodes ago said he's missing the bird song and i did notice that we when we're where we're recording today because we're doing three episodes in one day aren't we Stuart? Mm. i think i picked up some bird song in the background so hopefully that's um yeah that's, my window's open his window's open we had a reversing truck earlier but um that's a different yeah. thing entirely but hopefully there's bird song for there there for you Jesper, right there what listener is back william i mean we've got so much to to, to talk about in this we've got really deeply analyze this question from Ivy and, mm. Ivy and Worthing. Um, so the question, and I'll go straight into this, and listening to your podcast regularly, thank you very much, Ivy. Um, where, where do you listen to it? What, what, what platform do you listen to it on? Anyway, yeah, listening to your podcast regularly, I'm wondering if you really get on with environmental activist campaigners yourself. That's an interesting question because mm. what is exactly is an environmentalist and an, uh, an environmental activist campaigner anyway, you know, what does, well, what does that person look like to you right now? Um, hmm. For me, you know, I, I can if I if I if I conjure up an image of an activist, it's uh, somebody who who eats um, who is a vegan and has sat up a tree. <laughs> you know, that was that, that was just one image I've got in my mind, right? So I think I think when you you have we're talking too much about I think we're talking too much about labels really yeah that's what i'm thinking we get on with people we get on with people but we don't necessarily get on with labels yeah exactly yeah so if i don't get on with somebody it isn't because they're an environmental activist or campaigner is i just don't get on with them Uh, as a person person, i might not agree uh, because um stuart and i don't agree with each other um and the people that i've come across that i know i would say are activists and i know several people that are uh, activists in many different ways um, I may, maybe don't agree with everything they say, but I get on with them because I like them as a person and they've got a good sense of humour and uh, they like to be a little bit ridiculous. I think I think I, I always get on with somebody who's a little bit ridiculous. We don't get on with everything our families say either. You know, that's, that's normalising it. Nobody no, we no. get on with. 
Well, I bring up the B word, which is Brexit, and half of my family voted uh, to leave and half of my family voted to remain. So there you go. There's, there's straight away, mm. there's reasons why I shouldn't talk to certain members of my family. Mm. But I'm not going to allow that to get between me and that relationship. Mm. Just because we don't agree on it doesn't, doesn't mean that we, uh, we can't talk to each other and actually have a very uh, fulfilling relationship and be, and be mm. friends or, 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 yeah, because, yeah, mm. just having a good, fulfilling relationship, right? So to answer uh, uh, Ivy's question, uh, William, she also did, uh, like a lot of other listeners, have sent us in a separate email about some uh, events that are happening, but I'll go into that in a minute. But her question is, do we actually get on with environmental activists and campaigners ourselves? Yes, we do. (laughs) We get on with people. We we, we try not to label people. Um, Um, We were specifically talking to somebody who... Uh, doesn't see themselves as an environmentalist, but a concerned citizen, which I think is a great way yeah. of, of, of twisting that around. And yeah. uh, I just like that idea of seeing yourself. I think you can label yourself. I think you can label yourself. Stuart always labels me as a train spotter, which is blatantly wrong. Um, but I, you know, you, you can label yourself, but try not to label ever, anybody else around you and just see them as as individuals and as people mm. and with 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 opinions mm. and an interesting mm. view on the world, and they might. They might they might change your mind and you might change theirs, you know. Mm. Don't see them as the label, see them as the person. The, the, I referenced earlier about overanalyzing the question. This is the second question from Ivy from Worthing and her first question a few months ago was, do we overanalyze questions? And we've milked that little uh, little uh, humorous, humorous angle. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, we've got another 20 minutes We've got another at least twenty minutes of um, this this pod, of, the, of this podcast to record um, because we really mm. need to get in depth and analyse this this, yeah. this specific question. Yeah. Okay. So to move away from the question, Ivy has sent us uh, an email about some situations that are occurring that she, she wants to get her voice across, and that's part of this podcast is getting uh, the listeners' voices and opinions across as well. And and Ivy has said. Again, about HS2, which is the new fast railway line that's going from London to Manchester and then Leeds. She she observes that the part of the reason humanity has got itself in trouble is because we're always trying to go faster. Uh, and faster isn't always better. Uh, and humanity needs to slow down. But she, she doesn't actually say whether she's pro HS2 or not. But it's a nice observation that uh you know that that humanity is always trying to go faster she also points out that she doesn't really feel that hs2 is about speed though because it only saves 20 minutes on the full full um full journey and it's more about part of the bigger picture freeing up the network and it is more about that but but what and, and i have seen this and i think i sent you an email last week about it she does point out there is an old railway line, part of the old network that's now closed, that ran from Marleybone up to Brackley, Rugby, Nottingham, Sheffield, across the Hope Valley to Manchester. I sent this email to you, William, because it, it, it Manchester Piccadilly was called Manchester London Road, which is what it used to be called. And when you go up to Manchester, well, I'm in Manchester now. Many people still call it London Road. You can change the name, but you know people still call it. She raises a point that, apart from the couple of viaducts around Brackley, that line could be reinstated and with less impact. It's not going so fast. It doesn't have to cut down as many trees. Um, but I'm not sure it can be just picked up and reinstated because I'm sure there's housing developments along that line. 
Um, mm. You know, so some of that old line isn't available anymore. Any well, thoughts, William? Well, we're talking about what was known as the Grand Central Railway. Um, now, go back to the conversation that we had with our last guest face-to-face, which was the Whitewicks, which was yeah. about HS2 as well. Now, the Whitewicks do yeah. a lot of material about history, about abandoned, especially about abandoned networks, abandoned rail, uh, canals, abandoned railways. The Grand Central Railway itself was part of was taken up as part of the beaching cuts because it was yeah. felt that there was already alternate routes right so you had mm. the route out the route through Oxford which, which goes through Leamington Spa and Coventry yeah. up to Birmingham and then you've got the West Coast Main Line and you've got the Midland Main Line this railway itself Grand Central Railway was built in the Victorian times mm. i don't think that that it is an alternative to to a high speed line because you basically, if you reinstate that line, you'll have a line that's exactly the same as another line. That it has lots of st- intermediate stations. And the point yeah. of a high-speed line is you don't have very many stations. So it allows the train... That, the thing with railways and trains is they take a long time, even modern trains, they can take a long time to get to their top speed. They're mm. getting better at that, especially with electric technology. And they take a long, they take a long time to slow down. Even in these mm. modern times, they will take a long time to slow down. The old, the old HST could take up to a mile to, to properly mm. to slow down from top speed. In the modern days, that's a little bit a little bit shorter. So you need to have a lot a long gaps between the stations to make it a proper high speed line. Mm. Also, mm. but the other point with the Grand Central Railway is that there are developments along the line, and also mm. there are. Pre- there's at least one preservation railway or two preservation railways that I can think on of it. right now that are on that line. There's actually the Grand Central mm. Railway and the Grand Central Railway North mm. <laughs> that would actually need to be to, to be taken out. In fact, I, I've been to the Grand Central Railway and the, the railway station in Leicester North it, uh, is on the outskirts of a, a housing estate. So how would you mm. get around that housing estate? Would it be another mm. tunnel? Uh, And I think there would also be as much disruption. I don't think this is an alternative. I think that Mm. there would be the same uh, opposition to this line as there would be the new HS2 line, the actual, Mm. its own HS2 line. Mm. The benefit of Ivy raising this question is actually Williams proving that he really is a train spotter. (laughs) Because I already know all this. Okay, so, and the other point... uh, I'm more of an an historian um, and... Um, I'm more interested in infrastructure and how it all how it all works mm. together. I think that's the thing with yeah. HS2, and Ivy makes the point that it, 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 it the benefit of HS2 is it allows a lot more um, traffic on the slower lines, um, especially the the which itself is a high speed line in some respect, which is the West Coast Main Line, which comes from Euston, it goes up to Birmingham. Actually, part yeah. of it goes to Birmingham, part of it goes around Birmingham. Um, you know, you get you get the high speed services which, which go up to Scotland. I will make I will, I will make a quick point on that as well. The reason why it will make um, give better um, capacity on the West Coast Main Line because at the moment you've got all the fast trains going that way. If you take those fast trains off and put them on the slower lines or reduce the amount of fast trains, yeah, a high speed train needs with the conventional signalling, even with the even with the non conventional signalling, it needs a good three or four mile head start. It can't have any mm. three because because if it has anything ahead of it in that sort of space in front of it, it would have to go slower because of safety yeah. issues. Because we're talking about safety. Railways 
are always about safety. I remember having a conversation with a friend a while back and I said that the the main thing that main the main goal of a railway company or any sort of rail any railways is to be is to get the passengers to the destination safely not necessarily on time that's the main yeah. goal because railways can be very dangerous things because they it's the whole idea of it, it takes a long time to stop even with the yeah. modern you're not like a car you can't a car can stop in a few hundred yards even at a top even at a high speed a train will take a long time to stop so you need a, yeah. a fast train needs a lot of headroom ahead of it mm. so if you take those okay. fast trains and put them on the high speed line and then you've got more capacity and then you can have slower trains basically that's the idea okay and ivy's second point is about down in carbis bay in cornwall n- near st ives william there's a massive hotel there that uh wonderful location it's right on the apex of a big cove fantastic views and the g7 um summit is going to be held there and uh, it's all over social media that the load of trees around this hotel is being cut down one to make the hotel bigger and two so the g7 attendees can can actually have a better view of the sea now i know that place very well the sea is perfectly visible uh, and uh, and she questions why the hell have a have a have a, a summit at a hotel that isn't big enough? Why don't they find somewhere bigger so they don't have to cut down all these trees? Uh, and there is another argument that by removing these trees, it's going to destabilise the the cliff face. But what do we think on that? I, I personally don't think it needs to be cleared for review because I I know that place very well. If I did, if I wasn't an Oxonian, I'd be a uh, uh, I think a St. Ivesonian, I think. St. Ivesian. I was just looking at the, uh, the, 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 the area. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Cutting down trees just because it's going to be, it's going to spoil somebody's view kind of reminds me of uh, um, Donald Trump as a golf course up in, up in, um, up in Scotland, Scotland somewhere. And he, he was complaining about, the uh, the wind the wind farm that was going to be built I don't know if it was ever built mm. in the end that will spoil the view at his uh, his golf course it does seem a little bit ridiculous I would yeah. also say it's a bit of a straight a bit of an interesting place to go to for this sort of thing anyway because it's in the middle of nowhere you'd think it would be it's yeah. stunning though that's the thing and you don't need to clear the trees to to enjoy the stunning but I think in fairness Ivy I think the majority of the reason they're being cut down is to make the hotel bigger. You know, we're in a climate emergency. We need to be keeping as many trees as possible. There are plenty of other hotels. Yeah, and it's, it's not just and, and outside the climate and emergency, you're 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 destroying a habitat. <laughs> yeah. For what exactly? Yeah. You know, you know, they're, yeah. they're going to have a meeting. Why do they have to have a meeting in these impressive hotels? You know, when we have yeah. when Stuart and I have a meeting, we we'll just go to a local cafe, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, obviously they can't they can't do that because of security reasons, but you know, yeah. there's, there'll be something analogous in 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 their in the uh, in their world. <laughs> mm. Okay, I think we've overanalyzed or analysed that enough, William. Thanks, Ivy, for another question. For some reason, we you're one of the listeners we tease the most. I think uh, yeah, we I refer th- to Dar- uh, what was Rory and Darwin the most. We tease Pedro incessantly. I say, Pe- and, I say Pedro. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I think Ivy's up there as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ivy, for your question. Whether 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 you were teasing us or we're teasing you, it's it's all a bit of fun. Don't ever take it personally. Um, Stuart always Stuart always calls me a train spotter. I never take it personally because I know that he he was the one that had the uh, the traction. Uh, what was that? What's the book, Stuart? Motive power. 
as he even knows what it's called. Yeah, it's a book called Motive Power that back in the 70s and 80s had all the um, all the numbers of the different trains in the country of Britain and England. I, I have to say, I never used it. It was more, more. it just looked impressive on my shelves as a child. I know that's not necessarily true, but that's for another. That's for another. That's for another episode. <laughs> thanks for the. Thanks yeah. for listening to the today's podcast. Uh, we are looking for questions, as always, for to discuss in a meandering way. Send it to the peoplescountryside at gmail Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.